Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, I'll complete me till death do all part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX wrap-up show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? And so I went out there twice and just pounded sand up my ass. Wow. What an episode of Pulp MX. I am super excited about talking about episode 404, the Glen Helen Vet World's wrap-up show. Chris Kiefer, Ryan Gauld in studio, just laughing their fucking asses off. It was hard not to laugh as a listener, and from all the responses I saw on Twitter today, I think yesterday everybody felt the same. Just a great, great show. Everybody having a good time. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than listening to Kiefer and Galdi joke and laugh and Steve acting like he was miserable the whole time. And let me tell you, I was there. Seemed like he had a pretty good time for me, but maybe that's just how Mathis has a good time. But uh, guests on this episode, Tony Alessi, Mike Brown, Will Hahn, John Anderson, Jason Thomas, Randy Richardson calls in. Uh, yeah, phenomenal episode. I was at Glen Helen, got to see some of the highlights on Saturday. Uh, including the video that Steve's not super, super excited about of his start. But I can't help it, man. I was in the right place at the right time. And I don't think Steve would let that go if it was somebody else. So, you know, we got, we got to have a little bit of fun with that. I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show. Hopefully I don't get fired for saying that. But uh, really, we got some great guests coming up. We're going to get to them in just a minute. Please do not forget about all the Pulpamex uh, sponsors. Guts Racing, WUSA, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Racetech Suspension, Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross 5s, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, and Works Connection, all a big part of the championships won this weekend through a lot of the Pulpamex uh riders of course steve mathis did not win a championship but considering how long he's been off the bike from racing guy killed it no no ass kissing here it was really impressive what he did all things considered so uh, if you guys can get out there next year we need to motivate him to do this again next year please go to pulpamexshow.com click on the sponsor links use the discount codes let those guys know that you support the pulpamex show and the pulpamex wrap-up show all right let's get to our guests WSA is providing the best quality wheels in the business. Whether you're a race professional supercross or just a weekend warrior like myself, W has the wheels for you. W can even restore your old janky wheels, so visit WSA.com and let John and Kristen Anderson take care of you. WSA is proud to bring you Mr. Chris Cooksey. What's up, Cooksey? What up, Dark Side? Not much, man. Really glad to talk to you. Uh, Briefly talked to you off air. You did the pod with Steve here. Uh, I don't know if you recorded it today or yesterday, but uh, good job on that, even though you kind of stole my idea, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. I Okay, first off, I reached out to Steve. Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I, I know Steve, but he's a very private person, and I knew there was a lot that I kind of wanted to I wanted to know about him, and I, it's weird. Even when we go riding and stuff, I can't get him to talk about it, but if I was like, if I can just sit down and get in front of him and do it, we can do it. But then when I asked him, he said, you'd been asking about it. And I was like, well, I said, I am in Vegas. I can come over yeah. to the studio. I was like, eh, let me think about it. And then like a week later, he's like, yeah, let's do it. 
Yeah, oh. it's all good. I asked him months ago, and I sent him a timeline, basically like a schedule of how I wanted to talk to him about what events and get Pookie involved. And but uh, you know, he said he didn't think anybody would want to hear it. But you being in studio made it way better. So good for you, man. I think it's great. Um, let's get to our other guest, though. You if know, look, it's funny. Do what? Oh, I say he he asked me for the same thing, like a, a timeline. Yeah. And I looked at him and I go, I got one, but you don't get it. Like uh-huh. I'm not giving you the question. Nice. Like you don't get to do that. Nice. So. Yeah, that maybe that worked better. Yeah, it probably did. Um, all right, if you're looking for a high-performance seat cover and foam, obviously Guts Racing is the best choice. Andy Gregg and Guts Racing are providing the best seats in the business, which many of the top riders and teams in the world are using. So visit GutsRacing.com today, and Guts Racing brings us Mr. Craig Martin. What's up, Craig? Oh, not so much. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Really, really love having two WPS fly reps on the phone because if anybody knows me, they know that I love fly racing. That's good. Yeah. So it's a uh, fly fly rep number one and fly rep number two, right? Yeah, yeah sounds kind of like it. I'm gonna go ahead and say yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> where does where does Mister Scott Foster fall on this? Because Scott told me to give you guys a a shout out. Uh, I know Craig, you know him well, and. Uh, Cooksey, he helps you out a little bit at Vegas Supercross. Scott's a longtime friend and uh, another WPS rep. Dude, bad dude. Um, it's funny. Everybody at WPS, we all just kind of pull together at mm-hmm. events and wherever, and we're all family. It's pretty badass. It's a, it's a great company to be a part of, and if you're in the industry, and it's funny. I talked to somebody at our, another company today, and they were actually calling me to see what was open at WPS. And I'm like, man. <laughs> We've been filling up. There's a, there's a reason everybody wants to come work there. It is the best company, and yeah. I'm proud to be a part of it. So. Absolutely. I told Bob Lowry last year at the Fly Fun Day at Cycle Ranch that someday I will work for you. And uh, he was kind of like, what? And, you know, I kind of just told him how I felt about it. But b- being a sponsor of Pulpamex is really where I got my first taste of really having some passion towards Fly because of what they did. But once I, you know, met Craig and I've known Scott for years and met you, Cooksey, and of course, JT, man, I was just all in. And like you say, it's a family. So um, I'm in for good. As long as Fly is in the business, I- I'm in. I appreciate what you guys do. But let's move into episode 404. This is what we're here to talk about. This, I think I said in the opening that I believe this may have jumped into the top spot for my all-time favorite show based off the camaraderie of the guys, the buddies, the the laughing. Uh, Cooksey, give me your give me a grade and your thoughts on episode four hundred four. Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a A plus. And I, it was funny. I was, I, Craig knows him. I had Darren Dines from All Balls with me, and we were listening to it, and we were both literally laughing out loud. <laughs> and it yeah. was fun to hear Steve that happy. And we all know the buzz you get when you shoot. I did a race a couple weeks ago, and it, you get this feeling of accomplishment. You forget the the camaraderie you have with your bros hanging out, busting each other up, but you're also cheering and laying it on the line. And it just gives you this, and Galdi, Galdi's funny, dude. Oh, I yeah. like that guy. Yeah. He's hilarious. And with him and Kiefer, that was a good chemistry right there. Those two, and they got Steve doing some crazy stuff. Right, yeah. Definitely eight plus, and one of my favorite shows. I don't know if it, I'd say number one, but it's it might be, it's easily top five, and it might be number one. Okay. How about you, Craig? Yeah, I, I was actually, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I drive a lot. And I, uh, at this time of year, it's it's a struggle, I think, for a lot of people to come up with content. Yep. And somehow Steve is 
he's doing five-hour shows, too. <laughs> I know. And Steve is somehow able to come up with an interesting show from start to finish every single time. And, you know, this time, you know, they started out with uh, We Are the Champions song for Ryan when Galdi, whenever they, <laughs> yeah. they uh, introduced him. And, you know, from Steve, how many times did he say that he went 14-9 for seventh overall in that one show? That must have been <laughs> a thousand. so excited. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Cooksey, you just and, said it. Uh, oh, go ahead, Craig. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. And I, and I, and I also was, you know, the, just the little things that end up happening with, you know, and it's a lot has to do with Keeper, too. The little things about Goldie not liking hugs, you know? It's like, really? I mean, it's so funny to, like, right. just hear what these guys talk about and, Steve being miserable in the morning. I mean, everything about the show was fun. So it was a really good show. Absolutely. So, Cooksey, you just said that, you know, hearing Steve sound that happy. And it's funny because probably at least 70% of the time he was bitching about the experience. But that's the happiest we've ever heard him other than maybe when he was in Cabo with Pookie. And like I said, uh, you know, I, I talked to him in one of the interviews. I was like, you're, you're, or when I called in even, I said, you're full of shit. You had fun. And he can't really deny that. We, I mean, we know what it's like to go to the races. Cooksey, you race. And Craig, you, you ride still sometimes. We go to these races. And we, even if we're just in a group text and we're talking about racing, it's our passion. It's what we love. We like busting our friends' balls. And that's what this show typically is. But this week, this Monday's on 404, was the epitome of what I think this show should be. Um, man, it just brought me back. It, it definitely made me regret not being on the ride. And I want to ask you guys right now, I guess, uh, Cooksey, does this make you more want to race this event next year? Of course. And that it was funny because I saw Steve prepping for this. And yeah. We talked about yeah, it. Yeah. And we joked. And him and I ride together. And it's funny because Steve's fast. And it's it's what's funny is he didn't show it on the Glen Helen track. And I could tell he was definitely holding back and pacing himself. Because I've seen when he goes hard. Mm-hmm. And if there's no, if there's not like a jump he's scared of and it's sandy, dude, he rips. But then when it starts to get gnarly and there's jumps, it's like it's a, a different person. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, seeing seeing him prepare for it, I was like, dude's racing. I know he's racing, <laughs> and he was being he was being a little bit coy about it. And right. I, we we when we go out practicing, we mark each other, and I could tell when he's out there and when I'm out there. You know, we want to know where we're at. And I got him a little bit, but he I could tell. I was like, dude, this this guy's going to next level, and, and he's definitely racing. It was fun. And I wish I would have went, and I wish I would have raced. I was actually going to ride C and completely sandbag it, be like Baldy. <laughs> um, yeah. But then I probably would have got my ass kicked and then looked really stupid. But, you know, I, I but I haven't really raced that much. And Sure. Yeah, just hearing it, I wished that I had manned up and went, and, yeah, I was bummed that I didn't after hearing all that. Craig, you going in 2020? No, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. I lived, I lived in I lived in Southern California for ten years, and I was at Glen Helen probably as much as anybody through that period because it was my job. Right. But and I rode it many times too, and that's a man's track, and I just I don't have any desire to go do that. It okay. does sound like a cool race to go and have yeah. fun and, and and attend. And, you know, and do what you did was just hang out with everyone. But as far as going to race, no, never happened. Oh, well, my well, goal. I'm, I'm, I'm on JT's team on that one. Right. I plan on racing next year. That's, yeah. yeah. And that's part, part of the reason I didn't race is I've, I raced there two times when I was a kid on 80s. One time I just crashed, got smoked. The other time I got knocked out. 
Then I went back in 07 and tried to qualify for the national and broke my foot on the first lap. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, maybe this just isn't maybe this just isn't the place for me, and that's yeah, part yeah. of the reason I didn't. Do sure. It, so. All right. Well, let's let's episode 404. So opens right up with Des Nation World Vet Rider Champion Chris Kiefer. Chris Kiefer says, "Fuck Mike Brown." That's a hot. That was a hot topic of the uh, Vet Nationals on Saturday. I got to witness it. Um, really made for a lot of fun. It, it was good, the fact that Chris and Mike are such good friends. But I'll tell you what, within seconds of it happening, I turned around, I knew where Heather was, I switched to the different part of the track where she was standing, and I my, I mean, I'm telling you, within five seconds, I was like, how do you feel about Mike Brown now? And Heather said, fuck him. <laughs> and that, that was... Uh, the the kind of the template for the rest of the moto of her her and uh fired up it was pretty entertaining but the fact that those guys are good buddies and you know it it made chris more fired up during the race and also gave us a bunch of laughs here in the stories um but i think i think man that's just mike brown he's a racer right i mean uh craig you've you know been around mike brown you've seen him race for years a race is a race that guy it doesn't matter where or what class absolutely yeah absolutely he is a stupid move, though, right? Man, I'll tell you what. The move on the inside? No. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let Craig finish. I want to get your thoughts, and I'll give you my thoughts, Cooksey. Go ahead, Craig. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a guy that all through my racing career, I'd push my bike right into the inside of anybody and push mm-hmm. them right out. And I, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're but my, my best friend. I used to – I had this one guy that I raced with all the time. I smashed, like, four pipes in four weeks for him on two shirts and uh, just because I would come in on the inside and push him right out. And I believe that that's racing. Yeah. And uh, if I was Mike Brown, I'd do it over and over and over again. I don't care if Chris is my best friend or not. If Chris leaves the door open, uh, I'm coming in. Sorry. So yeah, I think it was cool. Yeah. Okay. So Cooksey, where I was standing, I was behind it. So I, and they were probably a hundred, 150 yards away. Um, and it looked like he had absolutely zero room. It looked like he went over the hump in that left-hand corner and just took him out. But then when you see the still shots, you go, oh, there's actually room. Uh, you know, yeah. it was it was where nobody else had gone all day, like, like Kiefer said, but there was room there. But like Kiefer said, it's the first, it was basically the first lap, maybe first lap and a half, and there were still 20 minutes left in a vet national, and clearly Mike Brown has a little more talent, a little more speed than Kiefer. It really was unnecessary, and I think that's why Kiefer was hot in the first couple minutes. That's yeah, I saw it, and I'm, my dad always had a rule with him. He said, "Listen, if you go in and you hit a guy, and you both go down, you're a dumbass. If you go in and you <laughs> hit him, and they go down, and you don't, that's rough, but it's fine. And if you hit them and nobody goes down, it's perfect. That was kind of the rule with them. They okay. both go down. That's just stupid." Especially right. that's a that's a pickup pass. That's LCQ stuff. Don't do that in right. a twenty minute moto, a lap and a half in. Even Browning probably was like, dude, what was I doing? Oh, he was. There I wasn't room there. Yeah, and it was a mistake. So yeah. I, I mean, I would have been pissed too, and I probably wouldn't have handled it as well as Keeper did, and their friends. But well, I've also fought some of my friends too. So yeah, there's that. Well, Keeper was pissed during the moto. There was no doubt, and what he didn't talk about. Uh, on the Pulp Show, I don't think he ever said anything, that at the end of that lap, where, that, where basically where they came back around almost almost to the same place, but a different corner, the, you know, a couple guys got by him while he was getting up and restarting, and he was passing this other local guy back, and the dude in a right-hand corner went straight up the berm, 
when Steve or Chris was trying to go outside of him and just went straight. He, the other guy never turned and basically tried taking Chris out again. And Chris was just shaking his head, and you could you could almost literally see the steam coming out of that formula helmet. He was pissed, and he was gaining on Brown, which was pretty badass. So it really upped his game a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was good. I think that uh, you know I've been around Mike Brown a little bit here and there, and I think he's a really great guy. Yeah. And I don't think for one moment he thought he was going to hit Chris. I think that he thought that as soon as he started putting that wheel in there. That Chris was going to push out to the next uh, line, mm-hmm. the next corner, or the next berm, and he was just going to rail the inside and be done with it. I don't think he thought that Chris would hold his line like that because I, I don't see Mike Brown in that environment against Chris and against you know the riders that they're riding against in his mind going into that corner saying, I'm just going to punt him. I don't think that's really what happened. No, no, no. I think he put that wheel in there thinking that Chris would bump out one more line and they would go through the corner parallel, and he'd come out in the lead. And I think that's really all that happened was he thought one thing was going to happen. Chris was obviously holding his line, and the two lines came together. And I don't really think it's a big deal. No, it's probably not. But and, and Brownie, It really wasn't a big deal for Mike Brown. He still won. Yeah, exactly. And, and Brownie was really upset. I talked to him afterward. I interviewed him, which is on our YouTube channel, which is also where the Steve Mathis start clip came from. Um, and Brownie felt really, really bad. And he even said it on the Pulp Show when they interviewed him later on in the show. You know, I'd have rather taken my mom out than Chris because Chris is a good buddy. Uh, so he felt bad. But uh, let's get back on topic because I, I kind of got us off a little bit. Cooksy, uh, you, you talked can, about can golf. Can I just say that that's – Go ahead. Can I just say that that start clip is the funniest shit I've ever seen? Yeah, and I had no that, idea. That, I did not realize how funny that was when I was recording it. That I did, is funny stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and I was so glad I got that, and I was so glad I got his off-track excursion in that left-hander. And I, the first thing I thought was, I like, I I was running all over the place, and all I'm I'm recording this on a GoPro, an old GoPro that doesn't even have stabilization, so I wasn't even sure what I was getting. And while I'm holding it, I'm yelling and screaming at the guys and cheering and swinging a t-shirt, so I didn't know for sure what I got, but I was pretty sure I got that off-track excursion too, and. Thankfully, I got a little bit of it so we could tag AC in that and, uh, you know, just make fun of Steve. And he, he kind of gave me some shit on air about the fact that I put it up. But it, it was classic. I mean, th- I've never seen a start worse than that. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. So I, I saw that, and I literally – I was dying. Yeah. You know Steve's a better rider than that. But oh, yeah. I mean – I, I I bet there's KTM 50 riders pointing that out to their dad saying, see, he does right. it too, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what didn't get <laughs> and, talked about? What didn't get talked about was even with that terrible start, he passed half the guys in the Talladega corner. So, you know, 300 yards later, he's smoking guys around that right-hander. And he dropped, the only reason he dropped back to 10th, I think, was stamina because he was really, really moving up and doing well in both those two motos until he got tired and his hands were hurting. And, and But his technique, you know, was still spot on. He still has it. Yeah, I told you. That's what I said. He yeah. has speed. I'm really yeah, yeah. I know. Like, he's pretty good. Absolutely. So. Yeah. All right, let's get to Galdi real quick. Galdi was the other in-studio guest, and Cooksy, you mentioned it. I've always liked Galdi. I got to meet him this weekend for the first time, and the guy really is – that's who he is. What you hear on air is who he is. He's funny as shit. Just let's leave the track, go drink some beer. Um, a great, great co-host that, along with Kiefer, like we said, just made this show better than, I. you know, probably it could have been uh, Craig – have you ever met Galdi? 
No, I haven't. That's uh, that's one guy in the industry that I haven't had any time to hang out with and sure do uh, want to make that happen someday. Right. Well, he, he definitely seems like he's he's funny. Apparently, no hugs. yeah. Apparently, he goes out and wins the forty plus expert class and. And, you know, goes out in the designation vet race without checking a sag, just doesn't give a fuck, uh, and goes out and kills it. So uh, I don't think I could have done that. Craig, that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, it, it all comes back to kind of old school mentality that all that setup stuff. And Steve is, he's, he's the first one to, yeah. you know, whenever they start talking about setup, he gets all pissed off because <laughs> the rider can make up so much of setup differences by just moving his body around and, and hanging onto the bike a little different. And that just goes to prove it right there. I mean, all he did was freaking put a clutch lever. <laughs> Go ahead, Cooksey. I hear you. Before you get too far, he rotated the bars back. Clearly, he knew what he was doing on the Yamaha. The Yamaha I'm sure he sat on it. Dude, he sat on enough bikes. I can sit on a bike and tell you my sag's off. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure he knew it was close. And... Mm. Listen, it's it's Rangal. The dude yeah. won a Canadian national. Right. He's pretty legit. And have you ridden the new Yamaha? Dude, it's that good right off the showroom. So yeah. it's not like he just I mean, he knew what he was doing, and that's Galdi just to play it down like that. <laughs> I think he's kind of been like that his whole career. Right. Well, I can see that. And, oh, I and guess. hold on, look. And he probably felt like an ass because he was riding expert. What the hell is a guy that won a, a Canadian national riding expert? You're a pro, bro. Come on. <laughs> Bring it, leave it to Cooksey. Leave it to Cooksey to shoot everything down. We say, you're probably right, Cooksey. You're probably right, man. I'm trying to give the guy a little credit. Too much. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not. They had a pro and an expert. So the pro. Yeah, the the pro was what Brownie and Kiefer and Alessi and all those guys raced. Yeah. So there was a. And Galdi should be in that. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see about that for 2020. Um, but Chris did mention, you know, if you guys haven't heard, Chris was like, this is the kind of guy I hate, pisses me off, I work my ass off, and then Galdi just comes out without really hardly practicing, hardly training, and just goes out and does well. Um, yeah, that's his talent, I guess. Like you say, Cooksey, he was, he was a former pro. He still – it really never goes away. Do you remember when he was the trackside reporter and yeah, still yeah. racing? Yes. Dude, how cool was that? He was running, like, top 10 and then he's out doing commentating and doing Daniel Blair's job and then still racing. The guy's a bad dude. And he was doing arena cross and he would do those hot laps. All these, the original NFG media guy, he really, he was saying whatever he thought before, you know, before it was cool to do it. Right. All right. Let's, let's try to move on a little bit. Cause we, we've, uh, we've been talking for 20 minutes. We've barely even touched the opening of the show. Uh, (laughs) So, which is not hard to do in this episode. Cause we just, it was just a fun episode. Uh, I am happy that Steve got to settle a, uh, you know, an old a grudge, a thirty-two year grudge on this Bulioski that you know used to smoke him on the pro track in Canada, and he passed Bulioski at at Vet Nationals. So Steve has all these positives happen this weekend, but he still talks about it negatively to some degree. But that's just the Steve that we love. Um, I think he'll do it again next year in two thousand twenty. Cooksey, I want to. What, what do you think? You think he'll be back? Do you want to get to my hot take now, or are you, are you pulling that uh, out of me right your, now? If that, that's if that's your hot take, let's leave that it. That is my hot take. Let's leave it sitting for okay. you then, Craig. Give okay. me your thoughts. Does he do it next year? I think he does. I think he realized how much everyone was excited to see him there and mm-hmm. see him do it, and and whether his results were completely stellar or not, 
it seems like everyone's excited for the results he got. So yeah. I think that I think that he actually puts a little more effort into it next year and comes in with his guns blazing and and uh, it actually does better. Wow. Okay, that's a hot take right there. Hopefully hey, I, that wasn't Cooksey's hot take, yeah. but we're gonna find out here no, in about forty minutes. So um, can I can I can I ask you something about when Steve was on track? Yeah. Did did you notice people paying attention and fans? And oh did yeah, yeah. Did, did Steve draw some people? Yes, absolutely. All day in the pits, people were talking to him. Um, as I was walking around watching him, and Kiefer and Heather were, you know, going from side to side cheering him on. People were like, "Dude, Mathis is! I can't believe he's actually here. I didn't think he'd actually show up." And there, there's a lot of people that were cheering for Steve Mathis, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll say this too: there's a half of those people going, "Dude, I hope that guy sucks." Yeah, yeah, you probably. Know, that that there's a lot of that, and that's what's stressful for Steve. And I don't know, I, mean, I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but. It's tough when when you talk shit and then you go out and people want it, they want a reason to poke at you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean he's pretty good. Uh, he's good and he's not. Yeah, he's badass. I, I I give him all the credit in the world. I was pumped that he did it. Well, I'm going to give some of the credit to Berluti for taking him to the Field of Dreams track. Uh, you know the <laughs> where the where the one you want to do some figure eights. Uh, I, I don't know where the fuck that came from or why that was so funny, but it had the guys cracking up, so it turned me into cracking up. And it's just like one of those things with your buddies where you, you say something stupid that makes no sense, doesn't, you know, would never be funny in a normal situation, but the whole night, you know, want to do some figure eights? Want to do some figure eights? And I'm sitting there going, this is so stupid, but I can't stop Dude. laughing. Okay, there's more to that story. Okay. <laughs> there's actual, they're, where they're riding, it's these, it's these trails of just whoops. Yeah. And we only go out there when it rains. I don't know what the hell Steve's doing out there in the dry. That's just <laughs> nasty. Um, Getting ready for Glen Helen. Duh. They have figure eight tracks set up. Guys go out there. They work, dude. They okay. do figure eight. Okay. They actually do that. <laughs> so now it makes sense to me. And Steve Steve called me and was like, hey, uh, want to go out there? Or he texted me, want to go out there? And I heard where he's going. I'm like, um, I got, I'm sorry. I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going. To, yeah. It's nasty out there, man. That's where a lot of the works guys practice. Okay. And they're just savages. Yeah, yeah. Like a Gary Sutherland type. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to ask you guys something. So this this event, you know, everybody, uh, everybody calling in the show, everybody on Twitter was all the Pulp fans. They were just so excited about how this whole thing went. What do you think about them maybe next year even setting up some kind of fan experience? Um, the track may not allow it, but they could just kind of do something under the table. Uh, Craig, I mean, you you've dealt with the WPS fan thing the the at the Supercrosses. You know that these things have a big draw. People like to have some inside, you know, uh, have a little inside information, be able to go through the stadium, see the teams. What do you think? Mean, you think that would be something that would work at a vet national? Did it maybe have a little, I don't know, $20 VIP, come hang out with the guys, have lunch? I don't know. I, I, um, I've been to that event before. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, it was kind of all access to anybody to go do anything you wanted. So, I don't, I don't know how you would actually charge somebody to go do something when that's the cool part of the event is that you've got all these, you know, ex world champions and national champions and guys like Chicken Matasevich with yep. his uh, pickaxe out there cutting <laughs> holes in the starting line. <laughs> and <laughs> you got all this stuff going on with these guys that all were heroes back in the day of some type. And, but they're all just pitted out of pickup trucks and trailers and motorhomes and whatever everywhere. So 
Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a good idea, but I don't know how you would actually implement it and how you would build value in it. Yeah, because I guess the value of the event Craig, is Craig that took the ticket right out of my mind. Like, yeah, go ahead. Everyone's just accessible. Yeah, That's the cool I, part about the event. I was thinking more along the lines, like you know, maybe let's, let's say they get one of the T-shirts with one of these quotes that they were talking about on the show, and maybe they would actually, you know, Steve would have to be forced and Keith would have to be forced to actually have some more uh, quality time with the, the the people that join or whatever that came. Hey, I'll sit down and get, like I said, get a lunch and have a little round table conversation or something. I don't know. I just, I, I thought these, the way the, the fans reacted to it was very positive. And maybe if you could get something together where there was a pulp uh, event, almost that we could get more people would come out and support it. That's, I just thought it'd be kind of interesting, but you probably, you may be right. I mean, it, it is very, everything is all access. That's for sure. Go ahead, Cooks. He you did talk us. about doing a. He did talk about doing a, a live podcast out there. I yeah, mean, that did, did come up during the. Yep. Yeah, and I think that would be great because you know Saturday night when everyone's kind of done with the first day of racing, they can go and talk about everything that happened on Saturday and interview a couple of people that are kind of key players that are out there and everything. I think that would be cool. Yeah. And that would be something that the fans and the, everyone can interact with. I know. The, the kind of the downside of it is is that those guys need to drive an hour to get well, I don't know if it's an hour but I don't, 45 minutes or whatever to get back to Chris's house and I know they probably would be tired hungry and everything well, else waiting for pizza yeah well and, we, uh, we heard but, that story <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, maybe 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 they need to get a pizza there so that they can get he settled down a little bit before he does a, a live podcast yeah and make sure you have plates and everything ready to go Absolutely. yeah Craig is that one Heather, Heather cannot be loading the cooler. That cannot happen. She <laughs> right. Ready. Yeah, with Steve's Red Bull. Go ahead, Cooksey. I heard, yeah. you, I heard you got something to say. Yeah, no, Craig, Craig pretty much nailed it. The whole beauty of this event yeah. is the fact that it is just, it's moto like moto used to be. Tailgates, trucks, hanging out, um, dudes just being dudes. And, cutting and the track. That's, that's <laughs> cutting the track. And that's the thing is you get to see chicken with a pickaxe. And, right. And everyone's everyone. And that's what makes it great. But I actually did think of the same thing as like, if you did a podcast from there, it would be beautiful. But then you're, I don't know, you'd have to get the guys from Glen Helen a little bit more on board with it. And I don't know that they're that on board with Steve. Right. So, but yeah. Wonder why. Anderson yeah, exactly. Probably facilitate that. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why, Craig. You're right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, Steve. Steve is not afraid to voice his opinion, whether they're negative, positive. Uh, you know, he he says it how he what's on his mind for sure. Uh, first guest of the night was Tony Alessi. Um, Tony was out there. Mike Alessi raced, obviously. We're not going to get too deep into all the guests, just because I want to talk a little bit more about the Glen Helen stuff. Um, I did like that Kiefer said that he feels like Tony. You know, Tony works his ass off. Um, he brought up how hard he works, what he does for that team. And Tony said, you know, he's going to Munich to build Mike's bike and he's going over to uh, Paris to deal with his team stuff. Uh, I don't know that to uh, Tony gets the, the respect or the, um, I guess it's the, the respect that he deserves, Cooksey. I disagree. I think he okay. is finally getting that respect. Yeah, maybe uh, now. It's been a long yeah. time. And it's funny because he wouldn't have got that respect had he not had the Al Davis of team owners letting him get through Lasergate and all the different things that 
that make Tony so passionate, mm -hmm. other teams would have fired him. In fact, Daniel Blair and I had this argument when I was on his show. He said he needs to take over Yamaha. I said it would never work. They'd fire him. They can't deal with who Tony is, but that's what makes him beautiful. Like, that's what makes him the guy he is, and he takes these misfits to the talented riders that can go there, and he, he, he just gets them because maybe he's a little crazy too, but it's the crazy you want on your side. So I say, yeah, that dude's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree that he's he's probably in the right place. And Craig, he even mentioned that because Galdi asked him if a factory team came looking for you, would it be something you're interested in? And he said, never. I, I this is where I want to be. Um, look, Craig, you've you've been part of Kawasaki for years. You work for Team Green. Uh, I mean, you know how that industry works. To say no to a factory team, uh, I mean that that'd be looked down upon clearly by those factory teams, but. Tony knows who he is, and I think he knows what he has is special. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're talking to a guy that has some very intimate Tony Electric experience. True. Um, <laughs> and and I, have, I have stories. And so I have stories. I have stories all over Just the give place. us one. Give <laughs> us one. Tony's okay. Yeah, with let's, me. let's get one. Fantastic. Okay. So my very first race as the Team Green Manager, I'm at Mosher Valley for the GNC final. And Ron Heaven was the guy that was the uh, team manager for Team Green, and he moved up to the overall Team Green manager and brought me in as the Team Green motocross manager. And so on the way, you know, right before I left to go there, um, he said, oh, by the way, he says, uh, Stewart's bikes are in the FMF rig. They prepped his bikes, and whatever you do, you know, just make sure they stay over there in the FMF rig. And I'm like, okay. And, and, and our whole philosophy at the time was Team Green was there to support all Kawasaki riders and do trackside support and not a race team. It wasn't, we weren't there for Stewart. Stewart was supposed to, you know, be the guy that everything's ready and they come prepared and everything else. Right. So I get there, I pull in and FMS is setting up their truck and Hilton Beatty comes pushing over with his buddy, pushing over Stewart's two bikes to the Team Green truck. And I'm like, oh, no. And I said, what's going on, Hilton? And he says, well, I'm bringing these bikes over. And I said, they can't come into my truck. And he goes, why? And I said, because we don't we don't support racers under the truck. The trucks for trackside support. Ron told me you're going to keep them underneath your truck. And meanwhile, by the way, the stewards are just flying in. So they're not, they don't have motorhomes or <laughs> right, right. tools or anything. So, uh, so anyway, so Hilton goes, yeah, I can't have them under my truck either. And he says, I have, you know, hundred riders that ride for FMF. I can't put a rider underneath my truck. I'm like, oh. And he says, no, these are yours. This is your problem. And so I ended up putting a, a, a 10 by 20 easy up up. I put his two bikes kind of over to the side. It started to rain. And in the semi, there was a very limited amount of water and a pressure washer there. And so at one point, he's, Big uh, James is actually out behind the semi and he's, rinsing off the one of James's bikes after practice or whatever. And Tony Leslie comes walking down. He goes, Hey, I'm going to bring Mike's bike down to wash it. And Tony was pitting out of the thousand Oaks, uh, box stand about a hundred yards away. And I said, or I didn't say anything. Uh, one of my guys said to Leslie, he says, well, you can't. And he said, why? And he says, because there's not enough water in there and we got to save it for James. <laughs> and Oh my gosh. Tony Leslie went nuts. So I come walking down. I was out on the track. I come walking down. Tony comes walking down with his pen and paper. And at the time, he was 
doing articles all over the country for all different, like for cycle news and all that kind of stuff. He comes down with his notepad and his pen. He goes, you and I need to talk. You got to remember I'm six foot four, six foot five almost. And he's like five, five. And he's looking up at me and spitting at me and yelling at me. And, and I said, okay, we'll talk, but we're talking in private. And this is not on the record. This is not something that you can print and, and, or I won't talk to you. <laughs> and so bottom line is we went in the semi, we hashed it out. He basically said that, uh, I was being pressured by stewards and, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And I said, you know, the best thing that could happen for Mike is for James to push the envelope as to what we give James because Mike's it right behind him and that would just give him that much more stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't long. He wasn't riding for Team Green anymore and that was the end of the story. But he flipped out. Like, it was <laughs> it was pretty pretty amazing. So that's, that's, that's my one story. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he, he had a bit of a temper back in the yeah. day. And it was just, it was totally unreasonable, but he's come around yeah. Well, right. and, and, you know, all the years of Villapoto and Alessi racing each other every weekend, and I was the guy that had to basically support the Villapotos and everything that they did or didn't do. Yeah. And, you know, so there was protests, and there was people <laughs> that were fighting on the starting line. And, I mean, the the list of stories go on and on and on between the Villapotos and the Alessis, and I right. was right in the middle of all of it. Uh, well, yeah, we should do. We need to do, or Steve should do a whole podcast with you about the Team Green days. But he doesn't like the amateur stuff so much. So, um, no. all right, Race Tech rant. Galdi got his his say. Um, yeah, he had a lot to say about the the lack of rules at Glen Helen, track cutting, shovels, pickaxe, the flagging, gate picks by the number of the bike. No fucking rules. He said, "I need a rule book. It's a free for all." And he said, you're not a sport without a rule book. Um, okay, Cooksey, why is Glen Helen the way Glen Helen is? First off, they try to keep it kind of chill because it's the vet nationals. What are we going to do? Like, nobody's getting a sponsorship. So if Michael Essie wants to come race, let him race. You know, he, he didn't get any practice. Just don't run over the 70-year-olds. and <laughs> I'm cool with it. Okay. Uh, if you're going to race for gate pick, at least follow through on that. They probably had a scoring glitch because, or somebody slipped. I don't know what they that, were. That, they were having, bad. They were having scoring issues. They were talking about throughout the day that the scoring went down. Maybe that was part of it. It didn't get talked about Monday night, but they were definitely having scoring issues. Okay, so that explains that. And then Galdi needs to pump those brakes just a little bit because if they got a rule book, he's not riding next. To them. Just that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right, all right. So, is that it? That's all you got? That's all I got. All right, Craig, um, you've been there. You've heard the stories. and I, I'm just talking about, really, Glen Helen as a whole. I've only been there twice, so I really have no leg to stand on. I only know what I hear about Glen Helen from Steve, the things he talks about, them selling every spot on the track at a national, you know, the problems Davey Coombs has had with them. Give me your thoughts on Glen Helen, just and and what Galdi said. Yeah, it's it's a it's one of those tracks that I think Kiefer also talked about the fact that it needs to be there. Yeah, it, oh, it that serves a purpose yep. in Southern California. Yep. Um, it is. It would be a huge thing for Southern California to lose that track, and for all of us, honestly. Um, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, you hear uh, they they mentioned the woman Lori that 
runs the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the old guy that actually owns the place or has a lease or whatever, whatever, however that works. Um, but they honestly don't care what everyone else thinks. I mean, they do things their way, and I kind of admire that a little bit. And you know, they're successful. You know, it's it's a it's a hard day to ever go out there and not see two or three hundred people there, no matter what time of the day or when it is. Right. And I think they're I think they're you know it's like you can't fault somebody when they're obviously making money doing what they're doing. You know, so it's kind of like one of those deals where you know, hey, it is Glen Helen. You got to understand that that's how it is. Yeah. When you yeah, get there, it's sure. the way it is. You know. Yeah, Jody, we, Jody's in charge of the track, and and uh, there's not really any rules until they want to make a rule, and they'll they'll pull out a rule anytime they want to, <laughs> but it's not really written down anywhere. It's okay, just their rule. Cooksey, okay, got- and I didn't know we were going all about Glen Helen. I thought it was just about the weekend, but as far as Glen Helen and uh, Outdoor Nationals, they probably did not handle that situation very well in the sense that they had that little free race to compete with Paula. Yeah, but they do have a point. Um, those nationals and the way they come in and, and have these tracks do all the work and someone else takes the money, they got a point. I'm just saying. So they're not all wrong. Maybe their uh, their techniques and and communication methods need some need some improvement, but they're not wrong. Okay. Well, I just thought I want to get everybody's opinion. Um, second guest of the night was obviously Mike Brown. Uh, again, we got the fuck you brownie from Kiefer. They they hashed out their things, so their differences or their their thoughts on the race. If you haven't listened yet, go listen to that interview. The one thing I did want to touch on about the Brownie uh, interview, Craig was you know Brownie talking about going to TLD, working for Baker's Factory, and the fact that he can't race anymore. I heard about this a couple weeks ago or about a week ago. I knew this was happening. Um, Brownie not racing almost feels like the sun not coming up every day. Uh, that doesn't seem like something that is possible. So I'm kind of on Steve's side. He is, whatever, 46 or 48 or whatever he is now. And I don't think he would make that decision unless it was kind of where he's at. Because later in the in the conversation, he did talk about the fact that when he comes off the track after like just completely laying his life on the line out there, that he's like, I don't know if that's really the right thing I should be doing at this point in my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He said so that. I think, I think that there's some, some, uh, little bit of truth there in that he's making decisions based on what he wants to do. He doesn't need to work for the Baker's factory, you know, but he wants to do that. And I would venture to say that he's using that maybe as a little bit of a crutch for people to not get on him for slowing down his racing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cooksey, I, I think you're probably right, uh, Craig. And he did make some of those comments about that. That le- leads me to believe that that's the case. It's just hard to wrap my brain around. And I want to see Cooksey if you feel the same way. No, man. I think it's stupid. I don't understand why you could tell a guy, a grown ass man, on his off weekend what he can do. Right. If, if you're going to tell him not to race, like, come on. If Brownie wants to race, Brownie can race. Now, if it interferes with his job duties. Eh, maybe don't race, but if there's an off weekend and the dude wants to go race, let him race. I, I honestly don't understand that, and I mean, I don't know. I I have I have issues with some of the things they do down at the Baker Factory, and and why why would that be an issue? I, I mean, I, I, I don't. Have... I I can tell you, I don't think that Alden would tell him he can't race. Period. 
but him taking and leaving for a week to go to England to race or him, you know, he's got responsibilities in his job. And I get that. I mean, everyone has responsibilities in their job. And, uh, you know, if he wanted to, if he's living in California working with those kids and wanted to go to REM on the weekend on Saturday and uh, while they're at some national, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. I don't, and I don't think anybody could sure? have a problem with that. Yeah, the way um, I, I, I think, like. I, I, I think maybe Mike's using this as a little bit, like I said, a crutch to, maybe. to pull this thing back a little bit from where it is. I, I don't, I don't really see Alden flat out telling them you either work for me and you don't race or you don't work for me. One or the other. I don't no, see that I'd being the truth. I see Alden absolutely, Alden, Alden would do that because he's going to say, okay, well, if I'm going to invest my time and you're going to be the guy that I need to work with these people, if you get hurt, what do I do? So no, you're not going to race because I can't have you not hurt. And I understand that from Alden's point of view. He's like, listen, if you're going to commit, you're going to commit to me 100%. And that's typically what he does with his riders, and he's he did it with Tyler Rattray, and and if Mike Brown goes, okay, well the next step is I want to be a trainer, I want to get that, I need that credibility, he can give me that, and the yeah. sacrifice so be it. But I think, yeah, I, I would imagine it probably is an ultimate well, he has put on him. And just you know, we're on, we're not even eight months into that horrible crash that, um, and I'm spacing on the kid's name that worked with worked with. Uh, Roxon. Um Oh his his brother in law. So, yeah. His brother in law. Yeah. Savage. Blake Savage. Yep, yep. Blake Savage, yeah. And so maybe maybe there is something to that because he's seeing what's happening there and you know and you know, Roxon and Seeley and whoever else that Blake worked with are they don't their guy's not there right now. You know, right. and although he may be helping them, he's not at the track, he's not there seeing what they're doing and everything else. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is true. I, I just find it hard to believe that. I think that the the Mike Brown, I think Mike Brown feels like for him to go anywhere and not win is just at some point it's going to happen. But for him to go anywhere and not win is just going to be a big problem. And at some point, you just want to say, okay, enough's enough, and back out of it and kind of call it call it a day. And I. I just, I still feel like it's uh, as much Mike Brown's decision as it is Alden's. Yeah, you're, and, I, and I agree. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I just, just not having Mike Brown at races is just weird to me. Um, but let's get it. John Anderson was the next guest. John Anderson and his wife own W Wheels, one of the sponsors of the Pulp Mech Show and this show, and the main sponsor or the sole sponsor of the Vet Worlds. Uh, he announced that there was record entries this year at year 35. Um, this thing is, it's just a growing and growing event. People love going. They discussed it in this interview that it, the draw of the Hills, Galdi talked about, you know, after watching all, I, he was imagining every national he's ever seen when he pulled into the place, there is a little bit of an aura around Glen Helen and this event for the vets like ourselves, Cooksey. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, John Anderson's a stud. Yes. Have you guys seen his wife, Kristen? I haven't. They show. talked, to, dude. I was, <laughs> yeah. They were talking about her in Kiefer's uh, sprinter. Like Mathis was in there eating. They were talking about where's Kristen and talking about how hot she was. And I was like, well, I, I haven't. Yeah, I've never seen her. I don't know. Uh, but they, that was definitely a hot topic of conversation in the Kiefer pits. Oh yeah, he definitely married up. So, but you know, John's a badass dude, and I love that he's kind of taken the mantle and, and put his company on the front on the forefront of this event and. And I'm glad it's growing because, it, I mean, 
we got to have somewhere to go and anything we can do to keep racing and keep the sport relevant in this era of, you know, instant, you know, media and iPads and people not riding. I, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Instant gratification. It's just, yeah, I I'm all in and I'm, I'm stoked that they're doing it. And like I said, I, I had a little bit of guilt. I felt like I should have went this year, but I didn't. I'm, I'm going next year. Awesome. Um, so I, I don't, I didn't write down when I called in, but of course I, I call in like I always do. And I got shit for the start video that we somewhat talked about. Um, so if you guys haven't seen that start video, it's on at guaranteed MX's Instagram. That's Galdi. He put it up or it's on our YouTube channel. I'm not really supposed to say the name of our show, the Moto X pod show, but I don't care. It's Moto X pod. (laughs) Yeah, you know what's I'm really... not I'm not employed Moto Xpod, Moto Xpod, yeah. Moto Xpod. You know what's really funny is well it's not funny, it's kinda cool, is since Glenn Helen a couple of days ago and Galdi and Kiefer and all them ta- and, and Mathis telling me I was fired for putting that video up, I think our Instagram followers went up by about five hundred in just like a day. It's pretty yeah, that's it's pretty uh powerful, the pulp show. So um but yeah, I couldn't not post that thing. But anyway, that you know, my calls people lo- don't like it half the time when I call in. I don't really give a shit. Um, dark side, dark side. Hold on, I got I got to jump in here. Okay. As much shit as Steve gives you, yes, you would be ludicrous not to post that video, my man. Oh, yeah. You finally got something back on him in the cutting the track. Yeah. I'm so I would have been so disappointed if you had that and didn't do it. I'm right. Pumped. Good well, for you. And well, you're not fired. Yeah, I get you're it. Actually, you actually you get a raise for that, dude. <laughs> Well, I try to give it back. I don't know if you guys heard last week's wrap-up show where I was told not to say my name and not to say the name of the the show. I did. Okay, so, you know, yeah, I asked Steve, I said, hey, did you listen to the intro to last week's wrap-up? He's like, no, I haven't listened to it yet. Why? And I said, well, you know, you told me not to say my name, not to say the show name. He goes, okay, so what'd you do? I said, well, I cut up a bunch of... Cut, cut up a bunch of audio and made you say it. And he, he just laughed. He said, oh, that's good. Good job. So, yeah, you know, people, some of the people on Twitter, you know, they, they think it's all for real. But, and look, legitimately, there are things about the wrap-up show that Steve wants better, and that's fair. But most of it is just ball-busting and fucking with me, and that's fine. Um, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. It, it It gets under my skin sometimes with the haters, but that's just human nature, you know. You get it, Cooks. Yeah, it it, it, bugs, it yeah, it definitely I'll be honest with you, it does bother me a little bit. I hear Steve, I think he goes a little bit too far. Um and I just wanted to see, you know, cuz there's good there's ribbon, but it's got to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't felt like you'd given it back to him enough, <laughs> but with the posting of that, right. we're back on level ground towards funny again. Okay, so good. you just got to make sure you got to give it back to him. If he gives it to you, don't take it. Just give All it right. back. Hey, I got a question. Well, let's let's, oh, be, go ahead, let's Greg. be fair here. That yeah. posting that video makes up for about six months of this ribbing because <laughs> that that was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> I've never seen anybody yeah. that has even ridden a motorcycle come off of the gate that bad. Right. He kept saying oh, that was first day stuff. <laughs> he kept saying, "Well, yeah. I forgot how to do starts. I just didn't even think about it until I got up there." But I was, you know, in my back of my know. mind, I'm like, I didn't ride for like eight or nine years, but I still knew how to take off without almost falling over. So, so I I hadn't ridden a race like I'd ridden, but I hadn't yeah. ridden a race in a long time. And I showed up at a GMCC and had to do a dead engine start. Oh wow! And I'm sitting on the line, and um, the the car about ready to flip sideways on me, and I'm like. I, I probably should have figured out how to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, 
I was a motocross crowd most of my life, and here I am sitting right. on a dead engine start with a 501 Husqvarna that could I could easily just loop this thing over right on the start. It had an auto clutch in it. I mean, I totally get it where he was sitting on the line going, oh, shit, I never really thought about starts, <laughs> you know? I yeah, get yeah. it. But I think I, the whole time the first one I did. I went through that he he was terrible. Jeez. Go ahead, Cooksey. Yeah, I literally two weeks ago when I raced, I got to the line and I look over and these two guys are putting their whole shot device, devices down and I'm like, oh shit! I mean, oh man, I had the same thought. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, okay, okay, no, no, go back to you, just lean forward, second gear. I, I ripped the whole shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So well, did I. <laughs> I went without a whole shot device for a while too because I wasn't allowed to have one or you know I I was. I didn't. I won one, but couldn't have it. So yeah, I went without one for a long time. Um, okay, I want to go back real quick to Brownie. Oh, we're back to you winning stuff, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, come on, Dark Side. No, I'm just t- joking. But um, hey, I want to touch I on know. something. I got an Instagram uh, post or a message from at always and he brought up that how much he loved obviously the jokes on the show and the music drops when they were talking about Brownie. I'm an older guy. You guys are all in my same age group, but do any of you know what Thank that you. song was? Wasn't that ludicrous? Move out the way, bitch. Oh, uh, okay. See, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't know it because I'm a metal guy and I don't listen to hip hop, so it didn't. It didn't ever register to me. Like, I, obviously, it was something that was funny to them, but I didn't get it. I was, I was yeah, exactly pretty, pretty in the sure. same position. Okay, good. Go and ahead. I and I I watched the show live. Yeah, and then I listened to it again and just to make sure I didn't forget anything or miss anything. And when they did it the second time, I was like, man, I, I'm not getting it. I, yeah. There must be more to that song than what we heard that makes it so funny. Right, know. right. You're right. Well, if it's, if it's what Cooksey said, get out of the way, bitch, or something like that, then that, that that's funny. So I just, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And I was missing out. And this guy on the, the, the post on Instagram, like I didn't know what it was, but I want to give him a shout out. Cause there were people that liked it. And I just didn't understand it. So I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a move, bitch, get out the way, like Mark, Mike Brownie. Brown's yeah. like, move, bitch, well, get totally out the way. totally makes sense now. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Cooksey, okay. for being the young guy of our three-man group here tonight. Uh, <laughs> but I don't even think I'm the young guy here, am I? Uh, how old are you? I think you're younger than me. I'm 44. Oh, well, then, yeah, we're the same. I, th- I thought you were younger than I was. Okay. I pretend yeah, I'm like staying out. I'm I staying out. I am. Yeah, yeah. Mirror, Craig, so. Craig's like 27. Craig Martin. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently celebrated my 16th anniversary of my 40th birthday. Hey, I'm nice. on. I'm on my fourth anniversary of my 40th birthday. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't acknowledge him anymore. Um. All right. Let's. Hey, yeah. Will Hahn with his weekly works connection. Will Hahn. Uh, Will call. Uh. The only thing I was going to touch on with that is the fact that Will said he would does have a desire to race the Glen Helen Vet, Vet Nationals, but only once Brownie retires. But we got to get Will out there. That'd be a hell of a, a get to have him at the race, Cooksey. Oh, yeah. Will's a bad dude. But, dude, I, I, was it me or did Stephen Kiefer seem a little bit genuinely annoyed that he's dogging them on the test? What do you think? Uh, I think Steve is. Uh, may, uh, maybe Kiefer is, too. But I know it's coming. Unless, uh, he's, wants, yeah. yeah I think they're just being super impatient. Well. I'd be impatient too. I'd want to ride it, but I, I know Will is planning on getting it done. It's just, just pro- I don't know, man. You know more about that kind of stuff, Cooksey. How much red tape is there to make that happen? 
I don't know. I've never tested one of those. Uh, I would imagine there's quite a bit, but I'm sure Will can uh, get it done. But he's just like, eh, well, eh. Right, it's right. Craig, what well, do you I know? Can, I can tell you from experience. Uh, I had to take, as a technician, I had to take Jeff Emig's bike out for, um, I think it was Cycle World or something. I can't remember. Um, to do a test. Because it was a big flipping deal. Like, the race team just does not have time to do any of that stuff. And to get an extra bike prepped and the, and the, you got to send, you just don't take it out there. You know, you got to send staff with it because it, those bikes are finicky and you got to make sure everything's perfect. And you want to make sure that when somebody rides it, that it's a well done representation of the bike so that you don't get hammered. Cause usually those bikes are stiff and hard hitting and right. all that stuff. So usually it gets written up and it's like horrible. Like, this is the worst bike I ever rode, you know, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. how many times has MXA done that to, to people? And um, so I I kind of get it. But what more than anything, I think Will just loves to just keep the thing going without it ever happening. Uh, I think yeah. that he's just he's just drumming it along slowly, <laughs> and he has no intentions of going out there. But he just wants to keep them thinking that they're going to get to go do this. That's funny. So they just keep trying. We'll see. Yeah, we'll I see. think that's, I think he's just. He's pulling her chain a little bit. Well, yeah, once, the, once they ride it, the joke's over. Go ahead, Cooksey. Can I share a Berluti story about something like that? Yeah, let's do it. So Berluti, you know, he's, he's Tortelli's mechanic, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got the bike, and he's got it, and he takes it out, and there's a guy, Jeff Grady. He's like, dude, I've never ridden a factory bike. Can I just do a lap and a half? And after finally convincing Berluti, he lets him, and he takes off, and – Berluti's yelling. He did a 30-minute moto. Oh, shit. <laughs> Berluti's losing his mind. He had to, like, change the tires. And Grady's like, dude, I was never going to get a ride one again. I wasn't going off. He's going to have to knock me off. And he almost did. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> shitty right there, but that's funny. Um, it was funny. All right. We're uh, we're at almost an hour, and we still got a number of things to touch on, so we're going to start doing some little, little quicker. Uh, JT, obviously, with his normal weekly call-in, um, he he's not having. They're trying to get him to come race next year. He's not having it. Maybe he'll come hang out. We kind of touched touched on that a little bit. What I do want to touch on oh. is uh, Steve's story about five forty five means five forty five. Um, I'm kind of like JT. I, I'm the early guy. I'm always at work an hour early. Uh, I'm very punctual. I don't like being late. Um, but I don't think I think Steve's blown it a little out of proportion that they want to leave a little early. Nah. All right, Craig, go ahead. No, he's he's absolutely right. Somebody tells me that I need to be in the van at 5.45, and if I want to wake up at 5.43 and walk out there and get in the van, <laughs> right? that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Because I'm not a morning person, uh, and I like my sleep. Okay. And the bottom line is, is that somebody's freaking yelling and screaming and beating on my door 20 minutes before my alarm's going to go off because it's championship day is <laughs> just too much. Like, come on. Uh, that, so, I'd I'm be Kiefer in that situation. Yeah, uh, not me. I, I would rather sleep in and, and stay up late. Okay, how about you, Cooksey? I'm I'm with Steve on that. I, I probably would be up with championship day, and it probably would bother me, but when I have my watch set or whatever to get up at 5 o'clock yeah. and somebody gets me at 4.55, I'm pissed. That extra five minutes matters at that <laughs> okay. time. And I and uh, I get it. Yeah. But hey, can I go back to the JT thing? Yes, you can. It was funny because Kiefer made a comment that JT's too serious. Right. Well, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but JT bets a lot. Yes, <laughs> yes, we've heard these stories. So 
he has an app. He puts a bet in there. He texts me, and I place it for him. Well, I place the bet, but in the 30 seconds or whatever it took for him to text me, he bet the under, and it was 48.5 points. Well, when I bet it, it went to 47.5. The game landed at 48 points, and he was losing his mind. They got a garbage touchdown at the end, but that's why he was crappy. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. We I I've seen him in his bad his well, what seems like bad moods anyway. He definitely has that he has that scary face sometimes. But when it comes to betting, we we've heard the stories of him being very displeased at moments. So, I get that. Um I did skip over on accident when talking about the track of dreams, uh the Steve drop. This this is going to be a drop, there's no doubt. I've already sent it to to Travis just in case he hadn't pulled it yet. But uh, Steve said, I went out and I was just pounding sand up my ass. That's a drop. Um, that was classic. And the reason I brought that up is I have here in my notes during the Will Hahn discussion talking about Galdi's uh, chapped lips. And he says, I would have ate some guy's ass if I thought I had va- if it had Vaseline in it. Oh, my God. I would have <laughs> ate some guy's ass if it had Vaseline in it. Two definitely n- new drops that have to go into rotation. Uh, Craig? Any thoughts on the drops? Yeah, those, those, yeah, those, those are definitely uh, great drops. I like the one that Berluti said too. Just go out there; it's rough. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, he he told Steve, just just go out there, and it's rough. Right, or right, something like that. And uh, so, yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of drops actually that happened in that show. Oh, I mean, the whole time I was sitting listening to it, there was just one after the other. And again, back to my whole you know thing was they took a a, a weekend that. The rest of us were probably like bored and had nothing going on. And, you know, most of the other podcasts are actually pretty boring at this time of year. Except and turning ours. this podcast, yeah, turn this, po- yeah, of course, <laughs> turn this podcast into a really fun and uh, a podcast that will live in, in history through all these drops that will come yeah. out. Yeah. It so. makes me not want to do our show tomorrow night. I was like, I can't compete with that. Like, there's just, I got nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're all right. It'd be all right. Yeah, but uh, that whole show, that whole show. Yeah. At one point, Steve even said, "I eat ass." I'm like, "Right, what? yeah, yeah. yeah." He was so hungry he'd eat ass or something. I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, okay, so Randy Richardson calls in. We're gonna skip over that. Randy's always great. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Um, X brand tear offs. The first one was this guy. Or uh, yeah, he asked Steve. Now that you're back racing. And Steve just said, "No, I'm officially retired. We, we've all we've already talked about that. Whether he'll be back next year, I think he will be. Um, great topic of what was the weirdest thing Kiefer did over the weekend. We're gonna skip over some of the stuff because of time. Um, all right, but the story Sunday. I guess I think this was Sunday evening. No, after Saturday. So we just talked about a little bit ago a fan experience and whether we they could have you know something to do a podcast after the race." There's no time for that because Steve and Galdi are starving. Heather brings in the food at the house and sets it down, and Steve, some reason, doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He's waiting and not happy that the Kiefer's are outside talking, like why everybody needs to sit down and eat right now. Uh, I'm totally on board with Kiefer. Just get a plate and eat. I mean, your family. Uh, Cooksey, is this just another one of Steve's weird quirks? Yes, absolutely. And I was with Darren Dines. This is where we were just dying. Yeah. Like, just eat the pizza, bro. Just serve yourself. Or if you're really worried about it, what you do is you, you holler out there, hey, guys, uh, food, we're good, right? And you grab a piece. Yeah. But 
and that's so funny because we, you know, I know Steve and I know how he is, and he, he's a, you know, as he comes off so boisterous, he's actually a very polite, respectful type person. And if he's in someone's house, he's not going to do that. Yeah. It, it was just, it was just really, dude. I was dying hearing him talk about that. But yeah, just eat the pizza, bro. Exactly. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Craig. I, I agree with Steve. I would really I don't care how much I know the keeper. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't care how much I know the keepers. I'm not going to go grab a plate out and just start whooping down food that they, you know, in their house like that. I would. I would wait. You know, and, and I think Steve's been he just bought it. been raised. Yeah. I understand he bought yeah, it. He paid for it. He, he made that clear. It's still not, you know. I, I just, I just feel like, and, he, and I think he was brought up in a very respectful environment in Canada, you know. And it's like, you know, the whole thing of of uh, pulling your shoes off before you walk into the house. Uh, I mean, there's there's some definitely some things there that you see from Steve. Um, the the fact that Keeper thinks that it's all right to kiss everybody. <laughs> and uh, Steve is like not not into kissing either, right? Um, you know, but but all of that stuff I think is just his upbringing, and I think he's just respectful of the people he's with. But at the same time, he's very boisterous about his dismay of the fact that they weren't doing it the way he wanted. <laughs> so it's kind of a contradictory thing there, where he's like super respectful, but most respectful people would never bring that up. And then, you know, the beauty of the whole thing was Heather calling in and basically calling them out on it because she thought that was bullshit. She was out there getting, you know, taking care of his Red Bull, and uh, he was just dumb enough not to go get a plate and start eating. Yeah, so, I, I, have, I have to say, if I'm at somebody's house that I know as well as Steve knows Chris, like when I go do the show, when we do it at TJ's house, if TJ's out in the shop, man, I'm just getting a plate when the pizza shows up. I'm not waiting for anybody I'm get or I'll get a paper towel and just start eating pizza. Like, yeah, I, when I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and I'm not waiting. That's just the way it is. Go ahead, Cooksey. It's pizza. It's not like a sit down meal, right? And I think there was more than pizza that they mentioned. There. But yeah, there was pasta there. Yeah, there was pasta. So but it was kind of a sit down meal. Oh, I do have to say, Galdi brought up the the pasta that they brought Saturday to the race, and Heather offered me a bowl of pasta, and oh my god, that was so fantastic. So I know Heather's not listening. But Heather fucking rules. So yeah, and she was fantastic. The the way she called in, fired up over that. That is about a tenth of what she was at the track Saturday. She was ready to fight some people with Brownie, and then in the second moto, uh, there was a guy. I think it was friends of the guy that I talked about that tried taking Kiefer out in the second moto. That were like, yeah, yeah, Brownie's kicking his ass, like talking about Kiefer, and she was like, she was ready to fight somebody. She's like, I gotta walk off because I'm about to punch somebody. Heather is. A I think it's fucking... just rad. That... Go ahead. I think it's just rad that she was listening to the show. You're right. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a long ways. That was that was three hours or so into the show. Yeah, and three or four hours into the show, and she was still sitting there listening to yep. it. I yep. think that's just rad. Yeah, she's she's rad. She's I've, a firecracker. I've never heard. I wish Steve. I turn on a dime like that i've never <laughs> right? heard anybody have you ever heard anyone just and he just went yes yes yep. yes yeah. it was awesome. scary that made it more funny it was right. it was great that was a, that was a podcast gold right yeah there. absolutely he, he, he folded on that one yep oh like a pretzel okay couple yeah. bto tweets uh and then we're gonna get to our bto uh hot takes um who was who is better 2020 adam Cirillo or zach osborne so Galdi went with AC, Kiefer, Vodge, and Steve all went with Zacco. Just I, I don't want to know why. I just want a quick answer, Cooksey. Who does better? Cirillo 
my goodness, dude. Yeah, I, I, I got like 18 reasons why, but go ahead. That's fine. I'll leave. Well, who was your you, you picked AC? Adam Cicerillo, for okay. sure. He, okay. Dude, he's so, he just won the Monster Cup. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Craig? <laughs> want... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with – I mean, I I, uh, I really like Zach, but I'm going to have to go with AC, and I think it's just the, the body size. I think Zach okay. struggles on that 450 a little bit uh-huh. because of his body size. I think overall – that's going to be the difference. Okay. AC just fits that bike so much better. All right. I just, yeah, I just want to see if you thought, you know, Steve, Vaj, and Kiefer were wrong, and you do. Um, I'm not going to give my opinions on that one. Uh, what? Come on. Okay. Get off the table well, there. Yeah, what's up with that? All right. I, I, I think AC is going to do better also, but I want Zach to do. I want Zach to win the championship, um, but I'm partial. But, yes, I do actually believe AC will do better. Um. The Basement Husband Club. You guys been seeing this on Instagram? You think it's funny? You enjoy it? Either uh, C- Craig? I actually haven't seen it. I've just been hearing it on the on the show. Okay. And uh, I think it's so funny. It's and, actually been uh, more yeah, on Twitter. Probably... Of... I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. Yeah. I probably actually, when I was married, belonged in that club. Too, so. <laughs> There's been a lot more on Twitter lately. I, I should have said it's mostly on Twitter where they've been hitting it up. But, uh, Cooksey, you've been following it a little? A little bit. It's definitely some funny stuff, and yeah. Kiefer really has a good time with it. It's yes. almost like part of his. Uh, he gets excited. He's like the basement yeah. club. Like that's his thing. So yeah, that cool. and Kiefer after dark, man. Those are like his. He gets fired up, and yes. Um, the other BTO tweet was the different rules for Zach Osborne than Dark Side in the podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that fair? I guess probably it's Zach Osborne is Zach Osborne. Uh, what do you it's guys not think? Fair. Not fair. Thank you, Cooksey. <laughs> Not the, fair, and I've say, gone into the multiple reasons. Yeah. What, I didn't hear you, Craig. Didn't Steve say, well, it's fucking Zach Osborne? Yes, that's exactly what he said. That was oh. his reasoning. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. It's not a, it's, like, here's my reasoning. Like, it's like, not how, could there ever be a, yeah, how could there ever be even a question here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Craig. No, but here's the thing, though. It's like, okay, now, he's not a professional media guy. He's a professional racer. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. So no, no, well, there shouldn't be a double standard, and it, yeah, whatever. I, I'll leave it alone. I, don't, I better not just say anything. I'll get in trouble. I will say that he was supposed to have Ryan Sipes on um, about three or four weeks ago, and some things fell through. And he does all his in person, pretty much. He doesn't have the equipment to do it over the phone. And that that meeting or whatever didn't work out the way it was supposed to. That's why he didn't have Ryan on. So he kind of waits until he's in front of a guy. You know, he doesn't do him over the phone. I did offer to record it for him if I, he want, like just like we're doing right now. I said I can get you and Ryan on. I'll record it and send it to you. And he said, "Yeah, we may do that." I like that idea, but it hasn't happened yet. But that's you know, Zach's. I understand he's busy, he's training, he's traveling. Um, so if he can only do it in person, maybe it doesn't work out. But still, come on, Steve. Steve just likes busting my balls, um, and that's fine. I mean, if I if that's the role I play, but I get to keep doing it, I can handle that. So. Fair enough, but don't he needs to just man up and man. buy the equipment. Well, yeah, I told him that you know, shit. Let's get Steve to buy you a fucking soundboard. Yeah, it's not that. Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. During during the off seasons when he could he could put a bunch of these things in the can, as they say, right? And he's not going to be near these people, so he could be putting a whole bunch of these things away for summertime when he's busy. True. And uh, you know, during the off season, he should be banking these things up, but he's not doing it. Well, there's one about I'm to come out. I'm just not a huge fan of. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. 
I said, I'm not a huge fan of a, an active writer who's not willing to, you're not willing to say anything negative. So it's like, mm. not everything's positive. I'm sorry. It's just not. You can say positive stuff, but you've got to be able to say if something's stupid, you can't just ignore it. So, right. Okay. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't like the authenticity of an active writer, any active writer doing something like that. Okay. Well, we had Kiefer After Dark to wrap up this episode 404. Uh, it's been a little while. I enjoy it. Um, I'm sure you guys enjoy it. We're not going to get into that. There's really not a whole lot to cover. If you guys like Kiefer After Dark and haven't heard this episode, go check it out. I want to get right into the BTO hot takes. Um, and then we're going to go, we're going to wrap this thing up and get into the Hello Pookie segment. So if you guys have questions for Pookie that you want me to get to in the future, please send them to darkside at pulpamexshow.com. And I will record these. You know, I, I do um, five or six of them at a time with her. So get them in. I want to thank all the sponsors one more time before we do the BTO hot takes, including Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Star Cross 5s, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, The Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, and LAHondaWorld.com. All these sponsors can be found on PulpMXShow.com with sponsor links and discount codes. BTO Hot Take. You go first, Craig Martin. <laughs> I say JGR has the best overall seasons that they've ever had with Savachi and Martin with only two men because they're going to be focused on them. And I think that they are on green bikes for 2021. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. Mm. That's interesting. I like that. That's good. That, but dude, I'm, I, dude, I'm a huge fan of Savachi. That kid can ride, man. Hell yeah, he can. And, yeah. yeah. All right, yep. I think they'll have their best season ever. I hope so. All I like right, that I team, man. I, I, my, they need. They deserve some good things. They do. The sport needs those guys really bad. Yes. And I, I'm not even saying anything negative about JGR. They're on the ropes, and I do not want to kick them. Nope. We need to help them while they're down. Let's get them back up. Let's. I would love nothing more to see Joey up in the top three and, and Amart have a great year, maybe even contend outdoors. I, I love it. So, yep. yeah, great one. What's your hot take, Cooksey? Great. All right. So Steve Mathis is the new face of the Vet Nationals. He's the everyman. <laughs> okay. He, he's the everyman that we all like, – he, he is the Vet Nationals. With John Anderson being the title sponsor, being one of Steve's sponsors, W, that's it. He's our guy. Steve hmm. Mathis Memorial Vet Nationals. Okay, I I, I I can see it happening on the W side, not so much the Glenn Helen side because he does not like those guys. But something that yeah, I Telling mean, you, John Anderson's going to have to fix it. Okay, huh? I like it, Cooksey. Um, I, I didn't. That's not where I thought you were going to go with it. Um, but yeah, interesting. Have you? Did, uh, well, I'm not even going to ask. I, did you? Okay, I am going to ask. Did you bring that up with him at all while in your discussion? Steve, what the vet national? Yeah, with Steve. Did you did you even talk about anything like that with Steve? Not even a little bit. Okay. Not even a little bit. We 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 just kind of got yeah. No, we didn't do that. But you know, John Anderson. That this this vet nationals means a lot to our guy. And Hell yeah. With W as a headline and Steve, dude, how do you not respect a guy like John Anderson? And if he tells Steve, we want you to be that guy. You don't think that he can kind of and he has enough pull with the guys at Glen Helen to make it happen. He's the right person that could that could get something like that done. And he might not be the face of it, but right, he's right. going to be a staple at that event, in my opinion. Okay. 
I hope so, because I'm going to 2020, and I plan to ride. I'm doing some uh, rehabilitation with my neck and everything, and plan on being a, on a bike, not this weekend, but next at Cycle Ranch, where uh, I believe, Craig, you'll be down there. Is that right? No, actually, I'm closing on a closing on a house on Thursday, and I'm moving all weekend. Okay, well, I will be at the WPS Fly Racing Fun Day at Cycle Ranch with Damon Bradshaw, um, Bob Lowry, and my buddy Brian Fullerton from Achervies is going to be down there. We're going to set up the soundboard, do some interviews, and hang out with all the, the, the riders and the fans that are coming down to support that event. Uh, Fly Racing is a huge supporter of Pulpamex. So if you guys are anywhere within the area of San Antonio, Floresville, Texas, check it out. Fly Fun Day has a Facebook page. Um, so let's get everybody to that. Cooksey, Craig, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Uh, I felt like it went pretty damn well. I am always on probation, so it doesn't really matter what we do. I think I'm going to stay that way. But thank you for your time. You guys, yeah, and, and I, uh, I just wanted to just bring one more thing to the table here. Do it. I don't think I've ever heard those guys, Steve, all those guys, ever ask you who the two or the people that are going to be on your show are, other than this week, this show that just happened that they were actually all right with the two guys that were going to be on the show. So, yeah. So, yeah. so Cooksey and I got the seal of approval. I hope yeah. we lived, lived up to our, uh, to our seal of approval. I think I you did. You didn't jinx it. I, I probably just got banned. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you guys made it a great show. Uh, for the haters, fuck whatever, man. Keep hating, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right, we're out of here. I don't know if there's a Pulp Show next week. I don't think there will be, so there won't be a wrap-up show. But if there is one, there will be. We'll see you guys on the next one. We're out. Right, we're back with another episode of Hello Pookie. And, of course, I have Pookie Mathis online. How are you, Pookie? I'm good. How are you, bro? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to talk to you. Um, so the question this week, since we're heading into the vet worlds at Glen Helen, and uh, like I said, it looks like Steve is going from what I've seen on his social media. And when I talked to you previously, you said no. Let's talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he is going. Cause I know Ryan Gold is coming to town on Friday, and he's going to be racing. So I know Steve's actually going to go with Galdi. I'm pretty sure he's going to race. He told me today it's not. Still 100% sure, even though we went to a track this morning <laughs> that Berluti showed him yesterday in Boulder City, and he went and raced it or rode it because he said it was rough, like Glen Helen. So yeah, he's you know he wants to, and yeah, I don't know. I'm never going to tell him no. He can't do anything. The only reason I didn't want him to do it before, obviously, I don't want him to get hurt. Not that I think he will, but sure. you know, you're riding out there with a bunch of people that you know do not you know race often, and some people take it way too seriously. I know because. We know a guy in Canada that was just, you know, crazy about it. It was just ridiculous. Like, what what are you doing? Right. So anyway, but if he does go and do it, then I want him to have fun. And I know that if he's not, you know, as ready that he as ready as he wants to be, then he's not going to have any fun doing it, and he's going to be mad. So <laughs> that's what she said last time. To do it, I want him to. I want him to go, you know, as, as, and you know, have fun and you know, be prepared. So I yeah. mean, Heather Kiefer's pushing for him to come to Glen Helen. She's like, you need to date Glen Helen under your belt. I mean, she'll Jeannie Carmichael him. So. <laughs> No, he's gonna have a fight on his hands there, but yeah, I don't know. I just said he's gonna race. I want him to go have fun and not be complaining and you know pissed off the whole time that he decided to do it. So 
That's what I've been telling. Yeah, and I think I think with Galdi coming, which I'm really excited about. I didn't know who's going to be there because I'm I'm flying in Friday, so um, it's going to be fun. I'm excited that Steve's going. I'm really really disappointed that I can't race now because I have an injury and like uh, I really really want to race with Steve. Um, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I was. I, I think that'd be cool. But I'm excited. So I was curious though when I started seeing the pictures and him kind of hinting at it, and I was like, ooh, I wonder what how Pookie feels, but. Uh, <laughs> You're, yeah, you're just the protective wife, so but you're not going to go, I guess. It doesn't sound like you're going to be there. No, I can't. Like I said, my best friend just got married this last weekend, and um, you know I was off the whole week before that, and uh, I was off the weekend, so I couldn't ask for another weekend off just because it's sure. our really busy time at work, you know, getting into holiday time. So yeah, so and you, I didn't know I didn't know all this time ago that he was racing anyway. <laughs> I mean, I could have tried, but no, I can't. right. Well, you you said you kind of you just touched on it, but when I talked to you previously, you said, "Oh, he's he'll go and he'll be miserable the whole time." Um, but you know, do you think if he goes out there, do you really expect him to have a good time or not? I mean, you you know him. I mean, he's going to be hanging out with his buddies, and he hasn't been at a he hasn't raced in a long time. So, what do you really think will happen? I mean, good time, like <laughs> like having fun. I yes. Mean, yeah, even in the best case scenario, I don't know if he would be out there, you know, be like, that was fun. Huh. <laughs> I just can't see it happening. I don't know. I've been out to Glen Helen before. It looks miserable. I don't know. Uh, I, I got yeah, to race it. Right. If, if the weather's nice and it's not, you know, cold. I only went one year when we were living in Anaheim and we had a bunch of Canadian guys come stay yeah. with us and they were all racing the Vet Nationals. I don't even know what year this was. And, um, yeah, the weather was just horrific. Cold, windy, the worst. And, you know, I... Yeah, I'm an indoor girl anyway. So right. I just remember it not being fun. And Steve, yeah, just being like, it's freezing. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> I mean, well, so I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be good conditions for them at least. So yeah. When, when I went two years ago, it was windy and raining. Um, but the forecast shows like 85. So I think it's going to be nice. But uh, I, I'll be out there and at least. I don't know. I might be yelling at him. I might be cheering for him. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of, I kind of wonder if Steve's going to be mad at me or not. I don't know. Uh, he hasn't said anything about the, the wrap up show from last week yet. And, oh, okay. uh, you probably didn't listen, but on Monday night, he, uh, really yeah, well, like... do what? Does he tell you every week, like give you notes or anything or, uh, well, he usually just gives me a bunch of shit, but you know, on air. So some of that's, you know, all in fun, but he told me Monday night that I wasn't allowed to uh, say the name of my show because I always say it's Dark Side from the Moto X Pod show, which he told me I could do in the in the original premise for this thing. But he told me, nope, you can't say Moto X Pod show this week. And then after I got off the phone call Monday night, he he told everybody I couldn't say I'm Dark Side either. So I cut up a bunch of audio where he says it and you say it, and I in, <laughs> and I intro the song with the the dark side song from blink 182 yes. yeah so i made a big deal out of it and he hasn't said a word yet so i don't know if he's heard it or what he thinks but yeah so i didn't say it but he did that's funny anyway like well i'm really excited i can't wait i wish you were coming this weekend um i'm looking forward to hanging out with heather and steve and chris and getting to meet galdi so that's gonna be cool uh oh, and yeah, i'll do my best to try to make sure he has some fun Okay, yeah, please do. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this episode of Hello Pookie up, but thank you very much for giving us some time, as usual. All right, bro. Good to talk to you. You too. All right. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?
say 